Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and I am so unbelievably excited to share this week's podcast with you guys. Um, I was fortunate enough to get to uh, sit down and chat with a USA gold medal winning Olympian, which is so crazy to say, and it's so cool. Uh, so I'm talking with Amanda Pelkey today. Uh, Amanda was on the USA women's hockey team, uh, who won the gold medal last year in the winter Olympics in Pyeongchang. And I gotta say like during this episode, I was so excited and I was like, I hope I don't just like nerd out too, (laughs) too much because Hockey, first of all, is one of my absolute favorite sports. It was this, my sport growing up. It really, when I think back to it, um, it was the thing that made, like, I feel like every kid deserves to have something that makes them kind of feel special. Uh, and hockey was that to me. Uh, in small town Iowa, in my town specifically, there wasn't many people who played hockey. And so to get to be the guy in elementary school who gets to wear hockey jerseys every day and and show up and talk about how skating around and having practice like that was super special to me and so to talk to someone who represented our country and not only represented but won the gold medal is is just like it's just like a dream to me it's so cool um and just to give you guys some background because I think, I mean, we definitely go into this in the show, but to give you background, the gold medal game last year for the women's hockey was the best, one of the best sports games I've ever seen in my whole entire life. But it was definitely hands down the best game that happened in all of 2018. Um, the story going into it essentially was four years earlier in 2014, the women. Uh, had lost to Canada and it was kind of like one of those losses that like stabs you in the heart like at the last second Canada scored and went up and ended up beating them uh, for the gold medal and and now they're coming back four years later facing their their arch rival who had beaten them earlier in the Olympics and they're facing them for the gold medal and if you watch the game U.S. tied it up in the third period, sent it to overtime. Overtime's 20 minutes long, sudden death. Whoever scores wins. Nobody scores in overtime. It goes into one of the most, if not the most exciting thing that can happen in sports, in team sports, in my opinion, which is a shootout, you know, which like draws images of like the old Westerns where it's just one-on-one. So there's a shootout. It goes to six shots. And you just got to watch it to believe it. In fact, right now, you should pause the podcast and watch highlights of that game. Um, the shootout is just absolutely incredible. And and when I remember watching the game live and just being blown away. And it ended like super late at night. And I go to bed at like 8 because I'm an old man. <laughs> uh, but the game gets over, you know, around like midnight here. And I was watching watching it the whole way just like transfixed by what was happening um it was amazing and and then luckily i get the chance to interview someone who was on the team and i think the thing that inspires me about the olympics is 
the fact that it's the people who are the absolute best in the of the best in your country. They're representing your country. They're the best of the best. They're playing the best in the world. And just imagining what that takes to actually compete at that level, like the sacrifices, the time spent, the commitment, all of that, all the energy they had to put in to even make the Olympic team. And then to win the gold medal, like wrapping my head around that is just, it's, it's so incredibly inspiring. And Amanda, I got to tell you, like, she is so well-spoken. She tells, she has, she's, she has had this experience that like most people, like almost 100% of people in the world will never get to have. And the way she shares it in this episode, like really kind of puts you there. It puts you in that experience. Um, and like I said, I am so grateful she did the show. So Amanda, thank you so much for listening or for listening, for sharing your story. Like I got to say, it was such an amazing experience from my end. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I also got to thank uh, Allie Watson, who was on our Compass Design episode uh, with Amanda's brother, John, uh, for connecting us like you rock dude thank you (laughs) um all right yeah let's get into the show this is the like a bigfoot podcast number 127 with usa hockey gold medal winner amanda pelkey All right, this week I am super honored, like truly honored to have Amanda Pelkey on the podcast. Um, And Amanda, like, I'm sure you've heard it from a billion people, but just the most congrats for for the last Winter Olympics last year. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. It was pretty awesome, pretty epic. I mean, I can't even imagine, (laughs) as I'm sure most people can't. But uh, I still can't. So does it does it seem like <laughs> surreal almost? Um. Yeah, it does. I I think you know. Obviously, there was a lot that was put into accomplishing that goal. But there's you know there's also moments where you you know you kind of have to yourself that you think you know wow you know that that we actually accomplished what we. I mean, as a team collectively have dreamt about since we were really young. And as, as we all know, how quick time flies by, it crept, it creeped up on us pretty quick. And, um, you know, to be able to get the job done and come together in unity and it's, it's pretty incredible. And I think still to this day, a lot of us, I know hopefully we'll be living the dream for the rest of our lives, reliving that moment. But, you know, when we all reflect back on it, it's, it's pretty special and it always will be special. Yeah. Well, and, and to win it in the most dramatic fashion in probably one of the best sports games I've ever watched. I mean, that has to (laughs) maybe add to the experience. I mean, you know, I'm sure it's amazing no matter what the game would be to win the gold medal, but like the way you guys won it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was as always. I mean, you look at the rivalry between Canada and U.S., and if you were to look up 
the scores, it's pretty funny. Like sometimes it fluctuates between you could play them in a world championship game, four nations game, tour game, and the score either way could be us winning five, one or Canada winning, whatever it may be four to nothing. Like it's, and then of course, in the biggest moment of our lives and same with world championships, the games always seem to be very, very close (laughs) for when there's a gold medal at stake. It's almost like, it's like, known to it's like oh here we go again going into overtime yeah um but obviously thankfully it's happened so many times that we were prepared for that you know with our nerves and not expecting it to go into overtime obviously that's the last thing you want you know you want to just win it and have it be done with but there's been many moments where we've had to go through that as a team um and you know and come together have our emotions in check and we obviously got the job done yeah I, I have to imagine so I watched the uh the twenty fourteen game in the delivery room yeah. with my wife <laughs> as we're as she yeah. was giving Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like moments before our four year old was born and it was oh heartbreaking. It was a heartbreaking game yeah. and for you guys to as a team to live with that for four years planning your revenge like is that on everyone's mind like well I guess and we can get into like when you got on the team and all that stuff but like was that on everyone's mind Mm -hmm. every day of training um I uh, yes and no I think um trying to back up a bit so after that game obviously there's huge disappointment and you know, I can't even imagine, like, I mean, I my emotions were through my friends on the team. So seeing the devastation, obviously, I did not feel it personally, not being on that team. But yeah. the year prior to that, a couple of years prior to that, uh, being in the program, being at some camps with those girls that went through that, that are still currently on the team, uh, you get a sense of the work that they put in, the time that they put in whether it be on the ice, doing mental skills, doing team building, <clears throat> literally devoting every single minute of four, year le- four years leading up to that moment, your heart breaks a lot for them. Um, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> just like every failure, people find ways to, you know, obviously persevere through that. But I think collectively, <clears throat> excuse me, as a team in 2018, we had a perfect mix of people my age and younger that never experienced that heartbreak, which can also be scary as well because, you know, we, all we know is not all we know, but a lot of what we know knew with the team was success. Like we were very successful leading up to the Olympics, but then we also had the other half of the team that experienced that heartbreak. So I guess to have the power of both sides of emotions come together and create you know, like the will to really make it happen was pretty powerful, if that makes sense. Like you have a high of sadness, um, but a high of, you know, like knowing what we can accomplish. And we found a happy medium in that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So <clears throat> what what was yep. the journey? I mean, in a nutshell, obviously the journey starts like the moment you put on skates, right? But what was yep. what was the journey like getting on the Olympic team? So the way I describe it, and I mean, still, still to this day, it's 
there's even close friends and family that it's hard for them to understand because it is complicated and it's a very long, strenuous journey. And the way I describe it to simplify, or I try to simplify it is if you were to think of a four year time period, you have years one, two, and three where you have two tournaments a year. So Year one, you have Four Nations World Championships. Year two, you have Four Nations World Championships. Year three, you have the same thing as well. So obviously your goal is to make that roster every single time there's a, there's a tournament, whether it be Four Nations or World Championships. So through those you know, competitions, we have training camps that you also need to be invited to. So you get invited to the training camps, uh, essentially to try out for the upcoming event you have to remake that roster every single time. So that would be two, four, six, six different rosters that you have to make leading up to the Olympic year. Jeez. Um, obviously, you're not going to, you know, you may not make it every consecutive time, but you hope that, obviously, you hope that you do, you put the work in, like that's your goal to be on every single roster to, I guess, heighten your chance to, you know, try and get your foot in the door for that Olympic team so that when that fourth year comes around, they take a group of players, so another roster you have to make, um, and it's called centralization. So you make that roster, say it's 25 to 27 players, and this is when we were in Tampa last year. So you go to a designated location for a full year leading up to the Olympics, and throughout that year of training as a team, they make cuts down to the 23-player roster. Um, all the way up until the Olympic Games. Wow, is <clears throat> so that that kind of gives you a yeah? How preview. do you do you get? How do you handle the nerves of a tryout? <sighs> um. Well, I mean, I'm going <clears throat> going through it right now. Actually, oh, being really? at camp, <laughs> oh, um, no. trying oh. out, you know, trying out again. Yeah, and yeah. you know, it's it's interesting. Like at, coming up, like off of an Olympic team, everyone kind of thinks like, oh, so you're, you know, you're going to go for the next Olympics and thinking like four years out, yes, it goes quick, but in the grand scheme of things, there's a lot that, you know, what I just told you that goes into those four years. So trying to, I mean, being here right now, my being in Michigan for our training camp for the world championships. So like I try out for the world championships this year is constantly telling myself to be in the moment and you know obviously you can have the moment of the olympics but now it's go time again right so you have to be prepared for the next thing and so for me taking it one day at a time one training session at a time one meal at a time one hour of sleep at a time um and just being in the now and just enjoying the moment right here right now yeah that's awesome the biggest thing for me yeah what's what's the what are these like what are the tri- uh tryouts and the training camps like like what's the kind of like day-to-day routine um yeah i mean it's pretty so a lot of it depends on um your coaching staff actually you know the coaching staff that's picking the team and for this week you know obviously so we play three games in our squad scrimmage so there's 44 of us here um on a blue team on a white team and we are here, we got here Sunday. So, you know, a typical day would be wake up, obviously have your breakfast, um, off ice warm up. We practice for about 
50 to an hour, um, have an off-ice cool-down. Sometimes you have a strength conditioning session as well, but mainly to get, like, your your muscular system ready for the game. And then you have a game at night. Okay. So that's your, like, typical day or layout. Obviously, you have, like, meetings here and there, some video um, logistics for travel manifest. Um, some people go and do, like, a youth clinic that's here in Michigan to promote the game, um, doing some media stuff. So you get a lot of different things at camp, but, you know, it's it's nice right now. We actually – we're done by 11, and that's, like, unheard of to have the day off if you didn't have to go to certain events, So, which is – why I get the time to speak to you. So that rocks. kind of all depends on the feel. <laughs> yeah. To the feel of, um, you know, the coaching staff that you have at the camp and what they expect from you and like where their obligations are. Yeah, definitely that. So mm-hmm. when you're, yeah. when you're on, when you're getting ready and you're like a few weeks out from the Olympics, what's, what does that day to day look like? I mean, are you, you're with the team pretty much 24 seven. Yeah, so <clears throat> for the the whole year leading up to the Olympics, oh, we weren't there for a whole year. We were in Tampa as a team for seven months. So we obviously got to go home for holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and we were on the road a lot doing tour games against Canada, playing boys' junior teams um, in preparation for the games. Obviously, I wouldn't say our training was necessarily intense because – I would say leading up to that time period before going to Tampa, it was very intense because you wanted to be close to like your peak performance. And then throughout when we were in Tampa, we had intense, you know, workouts, but it was more geared towards like the way we wanted to play, how we did it that year. So a lot of our training was based around the style of play that we wanted to do. So by the time, the Olympics came around, we were in the best game shape because really at the end of the day, that's, that's what mattered the most, right? Yeah. <laughs> you win or you lose in the game. So yeah. um, a lot of our time spent there was spent at the rink um, doing uh, training sessions there, video sessions, mental skill sessions, basically doing everything that we could during our time there to be ready by the time we left. I think we were in Korea for like a full month. Awesome. So what's when you get there, you yeah. show up and you get to do the like really cool like opening ceremony thing. Like, is it mm-hmm. do you take a step back? Because when you're the person going through it, I have to imagine you're like, yeah. this is normal. This is my day. <laughs> but then, you know, do you take a step yeah. back and you're like, holy crap, I'm in the Olympics. <laughs> it, yeah, I must say it did not feel normal. It literally really? felt like maybe you were in like a movie production. Like it was, just, it was, I don't even know how to describe it, but when we first landed in Korea, we landed in Seoul. So we are still like three hours or so away from Pyeongchang. Um, so you actually do what we call team processing, which a lot of Olympians like to talk about because it is pretty, it's, it's fun. It's the whole part of um, the beginning of the Olympic experience. So you show up to, it was actually at a hotel this time and they have this whole like warehouse uh, building set up where they have different stations to outfit you for the Olympic games. So like you had a checklist. So 
the first checklist was Nike. So you had to go through your Nike and get all, you know, fitted for, let's say they had like the podium. They had, I mean, you, you come out with like two bags full of, of Nike stuff. Um, and then next thing was Ralph Lauren. So you got fitted for opening, closing ceremonies, obviously casual wear, like throughout the village. Um, then you go over to Oakley and get like sunglasses, ski goggles, um, you name it. Basically every sponsor for Team USA at the Olympics, there's like uh, booths or like rooms that you go through where you got like all the get up gear, which is like, that's probably one of the coolest parts obviously about it. But um, that's when you kind of realize like, wow, like, this is really happening because yeah. everyone's wearing the same stuff, whether you're a figure skater, hockey player, bobsled, like, you know, you're all, you're just Team USA. Like that was the moment they're like, okay, we're all on the same team, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And then we went to the village, got our apartment condos and started training right away. That's cool. Ah, wow. It like was pretty cool. That is cool. What's the opening ceremony? Yeah. Like as you're walking out, is it I, that I didn't even actually think about what, what you just said, like everyone's coming from all these different disciplines and all your training camps are in different parts of the United States. And then finally being mm -hmm. there as one big team, like that's really cool. It was so, it was, it's so epic to think about. It really was. It's probably will be the, the greatest honor um, of my life. Probably looking back on it, you know, even though it was now it's close to already being a year ago, which is just like, it's crazy. Wow. Um, you know, you've been like busy since then, which makes like time. It's, it's unbelievable how quick time flies by. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. So I guess I, I want to hear about the gold medal game and I'm really curious, like in the locker room beforehand, knowing that you're playing your arch rivals for a gold medal, which I'm sure you guys kind of expected to play them. Um, mm -hmm. But how do you, how does the coach, how does your coach handle the like nerves and the tense nature of that moment? Uh, I think it's, you know, it's pretty natural for any human being in any given big moment of their life to have a little bit of nerves. If you didn't, then, you know, I don't know, <laughs> uh, not human, you know, yeah. if that's the case, you know, whether yeah. it be, but. In, in my sense, like my nerves weren't necessarily doubt. It was more excitement. It was excitement, like excitement for the opportunity, butterflies for the event, like everything. Like when I talk to um, younger kids about the experience and they ask like, you know, what did it feel like? And I say, I always say to them, like, quite honestly, like the night before the Olympics or the uh, gold medal game, sorry, excuse me was like the best night of sleep that I got, which is very strange to think about. Um, but when I woke up, it was like, I was like, I'm like, it was like Christmas morning. Like that was like the <laughs> feeling of it, you know, when you're like a little kid um, and just the pure excitement and happiness and joy that everyone was feeling for that game. None of us had any doubt whatsoever. That's awesome. I mean, I, pretty cool. I think that mentality is what makes you guys champions, right? Like not being nervous yeah. about you can't you at that level at like the highest level of whatever mm -hmm. you can't have the the 
doubts even creep in you know like you have to just be like yeah you have to be doing it for the fun of it and like when i think back to the olympics obviously your guys game is something i just remember as being like one of the greatest moments ever but i also remember mm-hmm. and i'm trying to remember her name and i feel bad but like one of the snowboarders um i just mm-hmm. remember this moment where she did her second run on the half pipe and she locked it she locked the gold medal and it was like i was yeah, just really chloe ex- kim. yes chloe kim and i was like so excited yeah. to see what the third run was gonna be like because i'm like whoa we get to watch yeah. the best in the world who's already won yep. just completely relaxed. She already won. And yep. she completely relaxed cool and destroyed it. And so it sounds like yep. if you're going into the game relaxed, not maybe not relaxed is, might not be the best word, but like at least as a group, like this is going to be fun with the mentality of like, this is going to be like a great moment. <laughs> I think that's way more that beneficial. Is, I'm probably going to steal that if I ever... <laughs> For my speeches going forward because that is literally to a T perfect how you just described that moment because I was thinking back watching her go on her third round. I'm like, she literally already won. And you're like, what is, you know, what is she going to do? And here she gets the highest score. Yeah. It's like, yeah, now that I'm thinking about that moment, that was so freaking cool it, like, but that i mean it gives me chills how, to that's think how about it was it. that's how it was with our team was i mean this is you know my personal outlook on you know the, the chemistry going into the game literally remember every detail of it it's like hey you know like collectively as a group it's like how many times have we played these guys realistically so many times so why does it this time it's not going to be any different it's the same team it's the same lines. It's the same sport we've all played our whole entire lives. Like, just have the mentality of it's us and them playing on a sheet of ice. You know, aside from that, nothing else. It's all white noise. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and we just, like, ran with that, and we had so much fun. That's awesome. Is there any specific moments? Because obviously everyone remembers the the shootout at the end and the overtime but is there any moments mm-hmm. from your perspective where you're like, I really remember this one very specific moment in the game. Um, like, does any of that stand mm-hmm. out? I think going into overtime, um, you know, after we, I didn't, I don't know like the number specifically, but maybe tied it around like five minute mark left, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. So, for us to tie it, that's you automatically have the momentum. So going into overtime, if you were to walk into our locker room, it was like it was it was powerful, but like you just said a couple minutes ago, it was very relaxed. Which is, you know, and, and in, in those moments you look towards your leaders of the group, right? You look at Megan Duggan, um, Casey Bellamy, Hillary Knight, you know, Decker, there's tons of names that you just, your attention is drawn to them. And I remember just looking at Megan Duggan and she was so in the zone, but she was smiling. She's like, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to do this, but she had, like, you just saw like all her power within her. And that just like, I mean, it personally energized me, but it also comforted me and made me relax because I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, we got this. Like, I don't, you know, there's, 
there's no nerves going into overtime. And in overtime, we completely dominated. That's awesome. So I knew that no matter if it was, I, I didn't even know the format. I'm like, no matter if it goes into another overtime or how it's going to end, we're going to, we're, there's no doubt that we're going to win. Um, and wow. I'm pretty sure they, I, I think they missed like an empty net or hit a post. And that's just like bizarre to me, but it's like, Hey, they weren't meant to win yeah. this time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I, I like last week when I was preparing to talk to you, I watched a whole bunch of uh, like rewatched the highlights of the game and stuff. And I don't, I can't remember what the video was, but there was one video where there was a shot of the, uh, the shootout and the, the view was like from your guys bench and it was like over the shoulder Mm -hmm. of someone (laughs) on your team. And as I was watching it and you, you see the final like you know when you guys won you see the when you guys stopped Canada from scoring on the last shootout and I legitimately started tearing up and I texted my wife and I was like I am crying I am right now so thanks for making me cry (laughs) (laughs) sorry but I was like I'm not kidding no that's fine it's good it's it's powerful it's powerful it is to be honest Yeah, yeah I I don't I don't really know how else to describe it except i was like whoa i am moved right now (laughs) and i was like wow Mm -hmm. this is so like i just think when you watch the olympics and you see these people who have worked so unbelievably hard to get there like so hard that like most of us cannot even fathom how hard they worked Mm -hmm. and then you see them accomplish their dream i'm like there's nothing better than that it is it's pretty epic. It's pretty cool. Sorry for making um, you cry. I almost made myself cry. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. No, happy, happy tears. They didn't come down my cheeks. So we're good. Um, I think what was pretty funny about that moment was the whole time. So one of our captains, on you know, pretty legendary, uh, Casey Bellamy. She, I looked over at her. She didn't watch any of the shootout. <laughs> she just had her head down the, the entire time. And I remember if we scored, if we didn't score, if Maddie made a save, if she didn't make a save, I said, you know what, it's not over until it's over. So I wasn't going to react in any shape, way, or f- form. I was just going to stand there and just wait for it to be done. And then I can, then my emotions can come. Like I literally was just like blank staring the entire time, just waiting for it to be over. But as soon as Jocelyn scored, I, I'm like, there's no way Augusta is going to score twice on Maddie. She's too good for that. So even like right before Augusta even touched the puck to go down the shootout, I was like, "We're we're literally gonna win. We're gonna win in five, four. Three. It was, <laughs> it was insane." Yeah, wow, that's yeah. that's amazing. Well, mm-hmm. I I I gotta like. So if you, I mean, obviously, you're. It's funny talking to you because it's like, yeah, but you're still in the process of working at all of this and hopefully mm-hmm. getting back mm-hmm. back on the you know on the Olympic team and all that um you know for 3 years from now but uh when you go and you speak to younger kids cuz I'm a middle school teacher mm-hmm. and I have yeah. we're in a hockey like area of Denver like our hockey team here is like really good and I have a lot of girls yeah. who are on the hockey team and I teach them like what kind of advice oh would you give them like or what Ooh. what kind of like lessons would you want to pass on to them? 
I would say that I think hockey is a sport. I mean, same any team sport, but hockey specifically, just because I've lived it, is a very strong community team sport. So with that being said, as you go through your career, whether you're a mite or a college player, um, just going through the process, maybe you don't even have any aspirations to make it to an Olympic team or a college team, and you're just solely there for passion and love, and that, that is 100% fine. My advice to literally everyone, no matter your status or your dreams, is to surround yourself by good teammates. Surround yourself by the teammates that you're going to learn things from them outside of hockey that are going to help you throughout life. Like hockey is a, a sport where you can learn so much to help you in your future that doesn't even have to do with hockey. And for me, when I was surrounded by certain players on a team for a couple of years leading up to the Olympics, without them even knowing, they, you know, and me knowing really is they prepared me so well for those moments, like those tough moments where you say like, oh, how are you not nervous? Like, well, when I think back, like I learned this from so-and-so and and I grew because of that. I think that's just the biggest thing in sport is, is growing through other peers and learning with them, not by yourself. I think that's the biggest the biggest thing surround yourself by the people you, you aspire to be one day. That's awesome. Is that one of the things mm-hmm. that draws you to hockey or drew you to hockey? I think so. Um, obviously aside from like the, just loving the physical game of it. Yeah. Um, I just love being part of a team, having a going through a process with a group of people and, and learning how that process is going to like what's having an end goal, but also building through that process, but you're not building, you're never building alone, which yeah. is the coolest part of it. And you learn, you know, obviously leadership, accountability, like there's so much that you learn throughout that process. And that's what I think is most valuable. That's amazing. Well, Amanda, you're awesome. And I wish you the best of Thank luck you. at your training camp. Seriously, this has been like truly an honor for me. It's been really, really cool. So thank you. Well, thanks. And (laughs) if I'm ever in Denver, I would love to come out and chat with, with your school. That would be pretty fun. That would rock. That would be so cool. I don't get out there a lot, but if I ever, if I ever do, um, whether it be for skiing, cause I would love to go (laughs) skiing in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Like, count me in to stop by. I would love that. That would rock. Definitely. Yeah. Let me know for sure. All right, that wraps up our show with Amanda. Once again, thank you, thank you, thank you. So honored that I was able to kind of share the story there um, and really just get to kind of like geek out about one of the greatest sports moments that uh, that I've ever seen. Um, you know, and I think, I think actually as I was researching for the show, you know, watching a whole lot of interviews, a whole lot of, clips from the USA women's team and you know there's one thing as I looked up Amanda there's this whole YouTube video about uh the the hard work you know and sacrifices her family and parents have had to made make to uh 
to help her reach this level. And it got me thinking, I was like, I think hockey is truly a special, a really special team sport because it requires an entire team to be successful. And by that, I mean, not only the people playing, but obviously the coaches, but really like, if you think back to 90% of people's hockey careers, it starts with their parents or their guardians or someone taking them to the rink every single day and sitting there, putting all their equipment on, tying their skates, taping them up, um, and sitting in the cold arena watching them play. And at first, you know, because I got kids and, you know, when I think about watching the kids roll around and play sports, it's something amazing when you're watching your kids learn something new and especially if it's a sport and you're watching them struggle and and you're watching them go through those ups and downs and sports is like in general it's kind of this intentional struggle in order to learn these life lessons that that are just so important for a kid to learn um i remember last year it was my daughter's first soccer game or soccer practice or whatever she's four so it was a bunch of kids chasing a soccer ball and she just could not wrap her head around the idea of kids kicking the ball away and trying to steal the ball from her and she would get so unbelievably upset like she would be running with the ball having a good time and then she would love the individual drills but then as soon as another kid would run up and take the ball she would just like break down and I was like trying to explain to her like this is part of the game you know it's a team sport it's competition and these are lessons that people have to learn over time you know sports teach you so much it teaches you how to how to handle disappointment and loss and how to handle extreme victory and how to do it gracefully and I think talking to Amanda like that's one of the things I was incredibly impressed with she was able to handle it just so gracefully as are probably all the Olympic athletes um, you handle it with such grace and you're able to use your story to empower others and I left the conversation with Amanda like I was so like almost shaking because I was just ready to kind of like go out and be like whoa like I can get after any anything I want to now like sh- you know the way she's able to share a story is so empowering for me and I can't even imagine like I'm raising I have I have two daughters and another daughter on the way and you know to have like a sports hero to look up to who's a as a like if for my daughters to have a sports hero to look up to who's like a strong woman who's just like kicking ass and doing her absolute best and putting that time in and the all the hours and the pain and the you know, misery and the joy, you know, like that's, that's inspiring to me, um, as a dad. And I can't even imagine how that would be to, you know, young women across the country. Uh, it's just incredible. Um, but I think there's something to be said, like you gotta give hockey brings you so close as a family because of that time. Like I remember I played from second grade to 10th grade, and it, like I said in the intro, it was a thing that made me feel special. Like no one else in my hometown played. I was the only person 
then my parents would drive me for 40 minutes twice a week for practice and once a week on the weekends for games they would drive me 40 minutes up to Davenport Iowa so and then they would sit there they would put all my equipment on me um they would tie my skates as tight as humanly possible and they would sit in that arena while I would practice or while I would play and as I look back on that as a parent I'm like that's three hours of their night and like I said that's twice a week that's nine hours a week they're spending driving me up to hockey getting me ready to play watching the hockey practice and then taking me home and it's really really special that that people like your family members or the people who love you and care for you sacrifice their time because they know this sport is special to you and I'm sure Amanda could relate and I'm sure a lot of people who have played hockey can relate to that um that kind of feeling so so the Olympics inspire me for so many reasons and part of it is just imagining that time put in by and like that team you have the team right like the team is the people who care for you and the people who you know support you and cheer you on along the way and one of the things I've always wanted to do with this podcast is I've always wanted to make it a point to hopefully help people cheer other people along the way right like if someone in your life is going after some sort of goal or something that inspires them support them like cheer them along the way you know it's it's the greatest thing that you can do um you know there's no point of being a roadblock and there's no point of of being a why not person right i've always heard uh <laughs> film director kevin smith talk about being oh i'm sorry there's no point of being a why person right he always talks about being a why not person where if people come up to you and they say hey i want to do this thing you're like why not man what can we do to get you there right and you're you're like you should totally do that and that's why i want to that's what i want people to focus their 2019s on being the person who's going to be why not right Maybe it's for yourself. Maybe it's something you're like, oh man, I want to take on this whatever crazy endurance race, right? Like this is a lot of times we talk to endurance racers on the show. So if that's something like for yourself, I know most of us, including me, like we get self-doubt sometimes and you ask yourself, why am I doing this? Like this is, why am I putting the time and effort and like this is hard and pointless and I'm never going to be good. And like you have all this terrible self-talk, right? Instead, why don't you try to be a why not person? Be like, why not? Why shouldn't I go after this thing I've always wanted to do, right? Like, why shouldn't you? So I'm hoping that's what we can kind of promote this year. That's like my big goal in everyone's life, in my kid's life, in my wife's life, all my friends, all you guys listening to the podcast, like, if you send in like, hey, man, I want to try this. I want to try to climb a mountain this year. and I've never climbed a mountain. I will 100% jump on board and like give you as much advice as much like <laughs> I'll be like, this is the mountain you should climb. And like, I'll be 100% in your corner. Right. Because why not? Like support people. You know, it's 
it's something that I think probably happens more often than not. I think I would like to think that most people support other people and when they see that something's important to them. But also realistically, I know it doesn't happen all the time. And I just, I just want you, if you're listening to this, think about someone in your life who's trying something really cool, uh, who has a big time goal, you know, uh, maybe it's to go <laughs> to the Olympics. Like it's one of your kids and they want to go to the Olympics, man, support them as best you can. Uh, or maybe it's just someone who's like, you know what? I want to start, I want to start going to like a spin class once a week or something like support them in it. So try your best to be a hundred percent in their corner. So, all right, that wraps up the show this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, like I said, go on, go on YouTube and look up highlights of that game. It's going to blow your mind. Um, and Amanda, I wish you the absolute best with everything you're working on. Um, everything you're you're striving towards because it's funny i think you mentioned in the podcast you get to the level where you win the olympics you win the gold medal and but in your mind you're like no i still want to i still want to do more and i think that's an important mindset for people to understand like you're driven and like keep getting after it like keep that up keep the pedal to the metal and and you got this <laughs> All right, we'll get back at you guys next week. See ya.